Welcome to the SCMS Classical Conversation Podcast, recorded in the New Center for Chamber Music during the Seattle Chamber Music Society's 2020 Virtual Summer Festival. I'm Dave Beck from Classical King FM. I hope you enjoy these in-depth conversations with festival musicians. You can find more episodes at seattlechambermusic.org and most podcasting platforms. Please rate and review us wherever you listen. SCMS pianist Orion Weiss has been a regular at the Seattle Chamber Music Society since 2006. In our first ever series of podcasts from the new SCMS Center for Chamber Music in downtown Seattle, Orion talks about how an international concert artist like himself adjusts to life during a global pandemic. The time away from the concert circuit has allowed Orion to learn pieces he's never performed before, like the Bach-Goldberg variations and the hyper-virtuosic Islame by Mili Balakirev. Greetings from the Center for Chamber Music in downtown Seattle. This is a new venue for our Classical Conversations podcast. We're coming to you from the beautiful new home of the Seattle Chamber Music Society and the 2020 Virtual Summer Festival. I'm Dave Beck from listener-supported Classical King FM in Seattle. Today is July 22nd, 2020, and the Summer Festival continues online this week with original and exclusive content available on demand through August 17th. Pianist Orion Weiss has been coming to play with the Seattle Chamber Music Society since 2006. During the regular season, he plays concertos with orchestras like the Chicago and Boston Symphonies, the Los Angeles and New York Philharmonic Orchestras. Orion, a frequent chamber music partner of SCMS artists like James Ennis and Augustine Hadelik and Benjamin Bielman. This summer, he's playing Debussy, Grieg, Vorjak, Ravel, and Schubert with some of these musicians here at the SCMS Virtual Summer Festival, and what a pleasure to welcome Orion Weiss back oh, to the podcast. Oh, thank you. So, so, so glad to be here. Yeah. What's it like to work in this new facility, brand new digs here? Oh, well, this is, I mean, it's such a, a, a wide, uh, the whole gamut of emotions to be, to be playing concerts now. You know, we've, we've had a long, all of us have had a long break yeah. and a lot of worries about, but this, this feels, I mean, it's, it's a new home, it's a new place. Um, but there are pictures of Toby up, and, and James hasn't arrived yet. It feels it feels like like the festival. Mm-hmm. We're all having meals together, which is one of the most special things about the Seattle Festival that we musicians really get to be together. And yeah. so we're doing that, and we're we're playing music with each other, not sending recordings over the internet and trying to sync them up with 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 click tracks. We're playing actual right. live chamber music together. It's absolutely thrilling. Yeah. It's and it's. Yeah, it's been it's been sort of sweet and only bittersweet in that we know it will end and we'll have to go back to worrying about our, uh, the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where have you been sheltering in place? Well, um, New Jersey, my mm-hmm. my house in New Jersey, and there have been things happening. You know, a lot of there have been a couple other. Well, I think in 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 what's happening in Seattle is really going to be. Um, it's gonna, a lot of people are going to follow the, the lead of, of Connie Cooper and James Ennis, what, what they've what they've done with this festival. So this is, it might be this is like a bellwether festival here. Um, but there are other festivals that are trying different things too. People are trying, finding their way. I've been doing some recordings. I've been driving around the tri-state area to make recordings for festivals and recording in the city a little bit. And I did one actual live streamed uh, set of concerts in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So there's been some activity. It it hasn't felt like a normal summer. Normal summers for uh, chamber musicians are just completely frantic. Right. We're we're 
practicing for the next concert the moment the the the, the current concert is over, and so um, and and packing and usually not home at all, but. This time, I got to see New Jersey in, in, in June and July, and it's, it's not too bad, actually. I, I like it, so yeah. it's, it's been different. Um, has there been an opportunity to um, pursue new, uh, new interests, I mean, even outside of music or projects, or, or just, uh, you know, how has your lifestyle changed oh, in yeah. a major way? Well, yeah, one of, the, one of the things that was such a joy was just to sort of switch into learning new, well, for me, learning new music is... I love it. I always love it. And yeah. and sometimes you end up being so busy that you 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 learn things only for, only new things for concerts as they come up. But mm-hmm. like I could have a whole season where I'm playing a lot of stuff and even old things, but not really getting the opportunity to explore new music. I mean, and I'm, I'm not talking about newly composed music. I'm talking about music that I just always dreamed about. Haven't gotten and it could to be it. newly composed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was just sort of gobbling up as much repertoire as I could. Um, wondering, you know, thinking I might have to go back to the to the previously scheduled programming um, at some point. But yeah, that's been totally joyful for me. And the piano repertoire is is so endless that actually my my wish list seems to 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 grow faster than I can learn anything. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, if I learn well, this, I got to do some. Yeah, uh, composers that uh, come immediately to mind well, that you've had, had a chance. I, I finally learned the Goldberg Variations, which which I've wow. been wanting to do forever. Yeah, I learned them, and I think I've already forgotten them because it was back in March and April. <laughs> so I have to I have to relearn the Goldberg Variations next. And I've and I've been learning big pieces by Schumann. I learned the Humoresque and by Brahms. I learned his Third Sonata, wow. and I've been learning Chopin pieces that I never played before, like the the Barcarolle and the Polonaise Fantasy, sort of late Chopin, which is. The most beautiful music I think oh, ever, and and I've learned a couple more Beethoven sonatas, and and now I'm starting in on 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 some Schubert impromptus and Brahms Opus One Sixteen, nice. and it just goes on <laughs> yeah. on, on forever. I practiced. I also learned sort of a guilty pleasure. I learned Balakirov Islame, which is this sort of hyper virtual. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I think piece. I, I don't know if I'll ever perform it, but I had a lot of fun. Just yeah, just I, of, I'm always blown away when we play that piece on the radio. Right, it's just a, it's, and you it, and it, also to even to see it performed, how how incredibly awkward and crazy it is. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite beautiful too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm amazed at all the creativity that goes into into music making and. The, distribution of music-related material during COVID times. You were just rehearsing in here with uh, Benjamin Beilman, who was telling me he's going to go and do this online seminar on Fritz Kreisler. And, yes. And so there's all sorts of cool things like that. There are things happening. happening. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've got a couple of things. We're introducing uh, previously recorded concerts, and I've been doing some, I've done a couple of master classes and some teaching on- online too. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, I mean, it's not the same as teaching in the same room, but mm-hmm. we we can make it work, and you and it and it can work. So yeah, I've been enjoyed some of these lessons. You have to, and sometimes you have to guess a little bit what the person is doing, you because you know the internet cuts out right in the middle. But you yeah. think that they didn't quite make the phrase that you wanted them to, and so that you have to demonstrate for them, and you don't know what they really heard either. But somehow <laughs> ideas are getting across. Right? Back yeah. Forth, yeah. Exactly. Um, how much is teaching a part of your life and work? Well, I I love I love to teach, and it it hasn't been um, hasn't been a, a major part of my of my daily life. Uh, it's been mostly concert concertizing, rehearsing, and, and playing is mostly what I've done. Recording recording maybe is a smaller part, but I've done that too. But teaching is usually master classes in in cities I visit. Anybody who any orchestra or presenter that says, would you want to teach, you know, the local university or the school, high school or whoever, whoever, I, I always jump at that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and in the past I've done some, some, I've had a couple of students who came multiple times. So I've got to work on longer and longer arcs of, 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 uh, 
of, of, of progress and, and and build longer relationship with students. But for the most part, it hasn't been. My, actually, my current biggest teaching project is trying to teach my seven-year-old daughter. We had we had a lot of we had we've had bunches of lessons, so she's mm-hmm. my most promising young student right now. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Oh my, she's incredibly recalcitrant, and and like, <laughs> and it's like it teaches me more about my own patience and and. And, but it's been yeah. it's been really fun. I, I um, uh, cellist and taught my daughter for a oh, while, really? and I I realized pretty soon that that there was too many issues that I, I needed yes. to eventually. But um, I mean, everyone says that's like it's impossible to teach your own. But maybe but in it's, this, it's so different with every child. And, yes, um, yeah. I think she's been enjoying the time together, well, sure and she she's and everything. Every little piece she learns, she'll she plays five hundred times and and plays it everywhere. Excellent. And for all of her for her grandparents and her friends, she does little performances. So. Very good. <laughs> we we talked the, the last time, and it's so great to have you back because we uh, talked in two thousand seventeen about um, when did. Fair amount of detail about this recording called Presentiment that mm. uh, you hadn't even released at that point, but it's out there in the world. We'll talk about some of the other projects, but one of the things that we didn't get into uh, in that conversation is kind of your origin story as a pianist. And I, mm. I wonder how you first came to the piano. Ah, oh, well, my my grandmother, I know, loved playing the piano and, and was really quite. I think she was quite advanced or accomplished as a pianist. I never heard her play though. She didn't play. She wasn't playing when I knew her, but mm. she had a piano. That We had that piano in her house. Uh, so I, I, but it wasn't like I tinkered around on it. I think pretty early my mom and dad planned that, that piano lessons were, were an important part of, an, of, of my education. And, and, and so I was taking, the, taking meth, uh, lessons with, with, the, with the Suzuki method from, mm. from when I was, I usually say three, but it was from before I was three. But it wasn't before I was two, like two and half or three quarters. I was taking lessons. Very young. But I didn't yeah. make, I really didn't start making any progress until I was about 12. So I, 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 I liked playing the piano. I liked the, well, I would get cookies if I did a good job and I would get <laughs> sometimes plastic toys. So I was, I was working on, on like a, a bribery system, <laughs> but it, it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, the Suzuki method was, was wonderful and, um, and my mom was involved from the beginning, uh-huh. uh, sort of as, as 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 the sort of the teacher's assistant. She would she would write everything down that the teacher said and and come back home and work and practice with yeah. me. And and then when I was about ten, um, we stopped working together. It was sort of a we had a fiery ending to that to that relationship. Oh, of, of being, but it was good. I think it was at that point I realized I could do it for myself. And and mm-hmm. it was about when I was ten that I had to take possession of of the of learning and practicing and and I, I fell in love even more then right. it wasn't about my mom and it was more about me and mm-hmm. so after after that then I went to um the Cleveland Institute of Music which had a, a program for high schoolers and actually I was in seventh grade they had some early, even before high school kids um which was you, you we would come and be part of the conservatory after high school every day actually even the, in the we would leave high school early and come and start taking lessons mm-hmm. and be with the conservatory kids and t- t- take music theory and history and that was so exciting. Yeah. And to be around pianists who were so good, so so advanced, playing pieces I'd never heard before, but that were beautiful and incredible. So it, it was like a it was like kind of like going to Hogwarts. Yeah. I felt like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You you spent a couple time or uh, spent time in a couple of musical communities and institutions that are 
not just known for turning out great pianists, but shaping artists in multiple ways. I'm thinking of Interlochen. Ah. Uh, and uh, I think the, it's the Perlman Music Program. Yes. Um, how important were those places in developing your gifts? I mean, even maybe beyond uh, just your vision as, of what you wanted to do as a pianist. Well, Interlochen was just really important because it, I just I loved it so much. And I met other young musicians, and it was so fun. So I think that, you know, as a pianist, you're mostly alone. I, I, I was, I, you know, either that alone or alone with your mother, sort of things like that. So I, Interlochen was, this, was a social experience. It sort of became now what the summers are now as a, as a, as a professional hmm. performing pianist, that we, I get to be in beautiful, warm places, maybe not in one place like Interlochen was staying in Michigan all summer, but it's, it was sort of the joy of outdoor music and like that summers became a, a fun time to, and yeah. also a time of a lot of growth. So I loved Interlochen. I was there when I was 9, 10, 11, and 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was. So you, your your path was set pretty pretty early. Well, I I, I was doing yes, I, and I remember at some point wanting more practice time than they were allotting me in my schedule, and so asking, you know, did I have to do tennis? Could I do playing the piano? And they and I think they wanted me to do tennis, but I I figured out sort of a loophole where I could hit the tennis ball over the wall, go get the tennis ball, and practice the piano for a few seconds at the uh, this, which is that was where the the practice rooms were on the other side of the tennis court. So then, I would, then they would be like, "Where'd the ten, where'd he go?" And I would slowly come back with the tennis ball <laughs> after having practiced, you know, twenty seconds or something. I, I don't know. I was I was pretty Might drawn have been to the that efficient. But. <laughs> no, but I was addicted to the piano at that point. I would love. I wanted to be playing all the time. Uh-huh. And then, and, and the Perlman Music Program was my first chamber music. It really was uh-huh. when I was, um, I think I think it was thirteen when I first went there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the first ch- chamber music I played. Um, maybe the first movement of the Trout Quintet. Was what, what we did first. Uh-oh. First movement of, the, of Beethoven Ghost Trio. Yeah. Those were the earliest things I remember doing there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Classical Conversation Podcast. The podcast is a co production of Seattle Chamber Music Society and Classical King FM. Bill Levy is our recording engineer. You can find more episodes at seattlechambermusic.org and most podcasting platforms. Please rate and review us when you listen. The podcast is produced by Nikhil Sarma and Rachel Soprati. To learn more, go to seattlechambermusic.org. I'm Dave Beck. Mm-hmm.